Welcome to Careers of the Future, a show where students can learn how to best prepare themselves for the future of work. Each episode features an interview with an Ismaili at the leading edge of their field and is available in a podcast format and on The Ismaili TV. Ya Alimadat, and welcome to Careers of the Future, a show where students can hear directly from Ismailis at the leading edge of their fields about how to most effectively prepare for the future of their work. My name is Haya Panjwani, I'm on the Ismailis youth team, I'm a student and your host for today's episode. Today we'll be exploring product management with Shaman Noor Muhammad. Shaman is Senior Vice President of Product Management at Pitney Bowes, a company that has shaped the world of e-commerce. Shaman, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Haya. Firstly, do you mind defining what product management is? Sure. Um, So product management has a very vast definition and it's slightly different in every company that you um, interact with. But in its uh, essence, product management is a role that is uh, takes into account everything from inception to the sunsetting of a product. So the entire life cycle of a product. Um, But what I'd like to do is just go into a little more detail to explain it. So product management actually starts with the strategy of the company and making sure that the products are aligned to that strategy. The second step is something called ideation. So coming up with ideas uh, for new products or upgrades on existing products. And ideation for me is just uh, looking at the singular pain point of the client. So think about um, your life and and what you've had to do um, and take, take examples like um, going in a car. In, in the olden days, um, we used to have to look at maps and um, make sure we got to the right place. Now, uh, someone looked at that and said, well, how can I eliminate that problem? So GPS kind of came into effect. That is kind of the ideation and looking at that pain point um, part of the process. After that, um, you go through a business plan to see, well, how many people actually have that pain point and what can we do about it? So looking at how much it would cost to develop either software or hardware to solve for that pain point. That's kind of the second step. It's creating that business plan. The third is working with engineering, whether it's software engineers, mechanical uh, service engineers, and coming up with a roadmap uh, for the the company. The fourth step is working with finance, sales, and marketing to make sure that we have the pricing, um, the go-to-market channels that are required, um, as well as the um, as well as the service that's attached to it. And then finally, there's the feedback loop of service and customers back into the product management team. So that's kind of the life cycle uh, of product management. There's so many steps to product management I would have never known. What was your journey into product management? So I had a fairly unusual journey. Um, I started off uh, by actually studying chemistry in a liberal arts school along with Near Eastern Studies. Uh, I went into finance uh, to start off with. Then I actually didn't like it. (laughs) I didn't like investment banking and I thought I'd do a master's in Middle Eastern civilizations. 
Um, but I went back into finance after that. Then I moved to Paris and I had to teach chemistry. Um, so it was kind of uh, very varied at the beginning. But then I started with IBM and I, I moved up the ranks in finance until I was CFO in several different departments. Um, and then from there moved to sales. And after sales, I actually moved into a different company in sales, did strategy, operations, and then moved into product management last year. So a fairly unusual track, but if you heard the definition, there are piece parts where I always interacted with product management, so I knew a little bit about it, um, but that's the, that's the mechanism I got in there. That's a very interesting journey you have from, from chemistry to Middle Eastern studies all the way back into finance. That's incredibly interesting to hear. So where do you see your field going in the future? So one of the things that really surprises me and I didn't really appreciate it until I came into product management is the fact that it's, it's a global company and not only every product that we see is actually global, whether it's a piece of plastic that's being built in, uh, in China or Vietnam uh, to uh, different circuitry that's required across the globe. So the first piece of this is really, I think more and more products are going to be global products. They aren't going to be local products. The second is this disruption that's going to be um, fairly consistent, uh, whether it's understanding AI and blockchain and how those can actually influence the products you have, whether it's that new smart kid um, uh, who uh, thinks about a problem and finds a very creative way to solve it, but that's simple and creates a startup that's going to disrupt the industry, um, or whether it's, uh, it's a question of just managing in a matrix organization, I think more and more complexity is going to be part of the product management uh, life cycle. So one of the things that uh, I think I'm trying to teach my kids is um, there won't be a single company that you're going to be a part of for the rest of your life. I remember when I first started at IBM, they actually hugged me saying, welcome to the family, uh, because it was assumed that I would stay there until I retired. Um, that had been, I, I would say, the previous generation's view of, of job and job security. In today's world, I wouldn't be surprised if people moved you know, five, six, seven, ten times um, within their, their careers. So I think that movement and that constant learning and constant disruption um, will be part of the space uh, as we go forward. Very interesting to hear how you're gonna, how we can expect to move between different companies throughout the course of our field. What skills does someone need to enter and thrive into the field of product management? So I think the first skill and the most important skill is being curious. Um, you'd be surprised at how much uh, that curiosity will come in handy. It's being able to understand where that pain point is of the client. So one of the things you can actually actively cultivate is trying to find how you make things better. So when you're, um, when you're doing any piece of work and you think, ah, I wish that, and then fill in the blank, that becomes a product management uh, interest. 
so let me give you an example. When we used to go on a scale um, and you saw your weight and suddenly it went up, it would be great to have a view of whether that was, you know, whether that was muscle or whether that was fat or whether that was water. And so the new product management came up and said, okay, we'll do a scale that actually allows you to do that. Then someone went on that same scale and said, oh, I wish there was an easy way for me to track this. And so you had the, um, you had the app that was created. So it comes up with the problems and just those pain points, those little annoyances and being aware of that and making a note of that will become a really important uh, skill to have. The second one is the ability to adapt. Now, I know that a lot of people talk about that, but given our world, the ability to move from one function to another, the ability to understand that conversation and listen to what the other departments actually need is going to be a very important skill set. So I would not be scared of moving from different areas, whether it's marketing, finance, operations, moving in between these functions will just give you a broader base to work in product management. So every skill you actually develop in any kind of company will help you uh, in product management. So there isn't a single skill I would say um, that you absolutely have to have. Um, but what I have noticed is individuals who don't have that financial acumen, the ability to actually do business cases and understand market dynamics, they aren't as great product managers as those who do. So the third skill I would say is make sure you have enough financial acumen in order to move in this space. Very interesting to hear. I think it's interesting how so many skills can be applied to so many different corporate sectors. Speaking of corporate sectors, as a woman in, corporate in the corporate world, what advice do you have for other women? So um, it's interesting. I actually wrote a book about this because there are um, a few things that I think women do uh, that men naturally don't do. Um, there was a study actually done by HP uh, and McKinsey where they did a little test. They took people, men and women of the same caliber, and they gave them the opportunity for uh, promotion. And they put a list of criteria as to what would be required for that uh, promotion. Men applied if they met about 60% of the criteria. Women applied only when they met 100% of the criteria. What I try and tell women is go and stretch yourself. Don't be scared to stretch yourself because you will learn on the job, right? So the first, the first thing I would say is don't be scared about not knowing everything on that criteria list because you aren't expected to. There's no perfect candidate. There's a candidate who can grow into the role. The second thing that I wanted to um, kind of counsel women on is don't automatically take yourself out of the running because of what might happen. So for example, uh, I see a lot of women who won't go for that next level because they believe that one, they might not be able to have their work-life balance, or they might want to have children, um, or they're you know following their their spouse to a different uh, part of the world. Uh, so they're kind of opting out of work, or at least opting out of challenging work. And all I would say is, 
don't do it before you have to. And even when you have to, you'd be surprised at what companies are willing to do in today's days and day and age with all of the digital um, pieces uh, that are available for us. Um, there's a lot more we can do and keep our foot in, in the door of these corporate uh, enterprises. And finally, the third one is I would say manage your expectations. A lot of people talk about work-life balance and I don't think about it as work-life balance because at any given point, your life isn't balanced. There's something more important than the other. So when you're traveling for work, you can't be at home with the kids or when you're um, with uh, your, your children's recitals or parent-teacher interviews, you will be missing out on certain conference calls uh, that might be required. So there's never really a balance. What I call it more is work-life harmony. Um, which means that just like in an orchestra, there are pieces, um, you know, there are players who will do solos at different times, uh, but in at the end, it's just beautiful music. And so I think all women can have a beautiful life that's integrated with uh, with work as well as their their personal life. They just have to understand that it's not going to be a perfect balance. It's just going to be a perfect harmony over time. I really like what you've said about work-life harmony. I think that's really interesting to hear. What about the intersection between liberal arts and the corporate sector? What does that like look like? So that's a very interesting one. And um, I believe you've had other speakers uh, talk about liberal arts. Um, I'm a big believer in liberal arts because I feel that for the next uh, generation and the, for the future of work and where it's going, I think a liberal arts education will probably help more than anything else. Because what does liberal arts do? It actually teaches you how to learn. It makes you a lifelong learner and it, it helps you stop thinking that you cannot do this, that you cannot learn this new skill even if it's later in life. Um, I, many of you may have read Malcolm Gladwell's um, book, The Tipping Point. He talks about um, 10,000 hours uh, building expertise in any domain. So he, he studied a lot of different um, skill sets and he noticed that this was pretty consistent. 10,000 hours and you're an expert in that domain. What you also should note is that at 100 hours, you're already quite good in that skill set. And at 1,000, you're excellent. So what this tells you is that, first of all, you can build any skill set. And secondly, if you want to pivot or you want to change even in the middle of your life or you know after a couple of years, that is entirely possible. Just remember that 100 hours doing that particular function will make you quite good at it, and 1,000, you'll be excellent in that domain. So I think understanding that and living that through a liberal arts education actually helps you in the corporate world. Very interesting to hear. What about if someone doesn't have a defined passion? What advice do you have to someone that doesn't know what they're going to do? So I think this was, if you ask my husband, this was my perpetual question because he knew his passion ever since he was four years old. And I, I after I had graduated high school, there I had no idea what I wanted to do. 
So initially I thought, okay, I'll be a doctor or a lawyer. Those were kind of the only two things that I knew about. As I went through the university education, I realized I didn't want to do either one of those, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So one of the pieces of advice that someone gave to me is don't expect to know it. You will find it over time. And so the first thing they said was look at what you like doing or at least what you're good at. So I was good at math. So I decided to go into finance as kind of the first step. Um, the another, another individual gave me the piece of advice of when you go into a bookstore, what section of the bookstore do you gravitate towards? Do you gravitate towards, you know, politics and philosophy, uh, or, you know, uh, world events, uh, or do you gra uh, gravitate towards biographies? Um, for me, it was gravitating towards leadership and business and, um, you know, different ways of improving yourself. Uh, so given that I knew that slowly about myself, what I tried to build was a leadership profile in whatever, in whatever job I had. So that was fairly consistent. Um, so what I would suggest to students who don't know is first, don't don't worry about it. Most people don't know. <laughs> it's the very few fortunate ones who have had, um, you know, some kind of glimpse of what they might like. Um, and that is, that's great. But I also don't think that's necessarily a lifelong thing. It might be a temporary one for 10 years, and then you might have a different passion. So if you don't know what your passion is, just look at what you're good at and start there um, and look for jobs that that cultivate that skill because you'll be an expert and at that point in time you can begin to test uh, different fields. And one of the things that I also wanted to, to tell younger members of the Jamaat is a lot of people are very interested in startups and I think they definitely have a place. They are high risk, high reward, high energy uh, areas to be in. But I would also encourage them to look at large corporations because these large corporations are great at not only developing skill and talent and leadership, but they also allow you to move from different parts of the organization without, um, without compromising seniority. So you can easily move from finance to sales, to marketing, to product management, uh, and you can try those different roles on and see how they fit. So just as an example, I had been doing finance for almost 17 years when someone actually pulled me into sales. And that was just accidental because I went to a client because my boss, who was, uh, who was the general manager, could not go. So it went well and someone saw that I could probably sell better than I thought I could. So they moved me into sales. And I, I, I have to tell you, I was petrified. I had not sold a thing in my life and every single person had more experience. But given that this individual had a lot of clout, they also wanted me to be successful and they encouraged me in this area. And it turned out, not only did I love sales, I never wanted to go back into finance. So large companies will allow you to do these tests and learn and even fail and, and move back into an organization of, uh, of comfort. But allowing yourself to do that when you're young is really important because it will help you uh, test the boundaries of what you like and what you don't like. That's really interesting to hear.
Last but not least, what skills does someone need to enter product management for the first time? What are the first steps they might need to take? So I think the first steps actually are no matter what field you go into, um, the first steps I think you have to do is learn more about yourself. Um, so I would say start journaling in terms of what you've liked, what you enjoy, what you found interesting. Begin to understand that about yourself and that will help you find the roles that you want. Um, the second step, again, this is general uh, and I wish someone would have told me this, is um, to build the, the right long-term habits. Um, there's a great book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I think that's one of the, the fundamental things that you need to know and, and actually develop for yourself before going into the, the work field. So it's, it's about, you know, sleep habits, eating habits, you know, um, just uh, reading, knowledge habits, learning habits, all of these things that will help you no matter what field you go into. In terms of product management, I would encourage people to do one additional step, which is uh, try and find two or three products that you actually enjoy, right? So let's take, um, you know, it could be like the iPhone, it could be electronics or technology, and start finding um, things that you don't like about it and the little pain points and see how competition has solved for those pain points. Uh, and if it's not like technology, look at fashion, look at um, uh, look at business to business kind of services. Um, one of the great ones that I tell people to look at is something like Square. Um, Square is a company that uh, that started again out of a pain point. I don't know whether you know, but about 10 years ago, um, when you were trying to get a, or 20 years ago, I'm, I'm aging myself here, um, when you were trying to get a taxi in France, I remember there was no way to pay except by cash because people didn't want to scan their credit cards, uh, the taxi drivers didn't want to pay for a very expensive point of sale. Um, so Square came out with this great uh, little uh, Square kind of technology that you plug into your iPhone and then you scan the credit card. Um, so every time you see kind of an interesting technology, learn a little bit more about it. And then what I say is layer on the effect. So if you like a technology, learn about its competition, learn about um, the, the different parts of the supply chain, um, look at newspaper articles around it so that when you go to apply, you aren't going to apply and saying, okay, this is what I've studied. You could, you could apply saying, this is what I've studied and this is what I think about the product. And suddenly the ears of the, the company will perk up. Like this, this individual is serious. They haven't just come here looking for a job. They are looking for this job. Um, so that's kind of the, the next thing I would do. And, and then the final piece is remember, companies don't want to um, necessarily hire just just an individual they want to hire for fit so learn learn a little bit more about the company and ask really um really thoughtful questions and then if it's a company that you really like don't adapt if there's a different role so if you wanted product management but they only had finance or operations start there because you'll be able to move once you're inside the company because you'll have more knowledge around it 
Um, so those are kind of the, the pieces of advice I would give to, to get into product management. That's some really great advice. And thank you so much for your time, Shemin. Well, thank you, Haya, for having me. And of course, if I can do anything to help or, you know, if you have smaller groups that would be more interested in product management or any of the other roles I've had, I would be happy to, uh, to join a smaller group and have a, a longer discussion on the subject. Fantastic. And thank you all for joining us today. Stay tuned to Thea Smiley for future episodes where we'll be hearing from leaders in various fields to learn about how their industries are shaping the future. Thanks for listening to Careers of the Future. For more episodes of Careers of the Future, visit the.ismiley or subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform.